He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, June 27, 2023. I hope your week is off to a great start, and I hope you had a big weekend. People in Chicago always brag about old style, but it's going to be... be what? People in Chicago always brag about old style, old style. But before I drink that piss, it's going to be a while. Okay. What is that you're saying? Well, that's the song by the New Hampshire-based punk rock band, The Queers. And the song is called, I Only Drink Bud. Hey, you motherfuckers, I only drink bud. People in Chicago always brag about old style, but before I drink that piss again, it's going to be a while. Okay. Anyway, I hope you had a great weekend. People in Chicago, this is so easy for you. And Chi-Town, save me if you're still there. I don't think you're still there. But uh, I'd like to hear where you where you are. People in Chicago, here's what I want to say to you. I'm going to make the briefest of mentions of Limerick Junction tonight because there's only two comics that I booked on it. Brent Starr, the very first voice you hear. He has his own podcast. What's it called, Joe? Getting My Shit Together? No. It's called Getting My Act Together. Brent Starr is going to be with me at Limerick tonight, and so is Lan Layson. That means there are only two comics, <laughs> and me. Two comics that I've booked on the show, people in Chicago, so that's it. As I told you, I'm done booking Limerick. I only have four Limerick shows left. I think it's today, June 28th, 27th? <laughs> today, June 27th, July 11th, July 18th, and then July 15th. That's it. Four shows before I hand the reins to the very capable Luke Bentley. And because I'm recording a half an hour of material that I want to put behind me on July 22nd at the Laughing Skull Lounge, I'm going to be bogarting fucking time at Limerick up top working on my act. So you want to see me do that? Come over to Limerick if you're, uh, well, and the other thing is I'm not going to do it for 45 minutes or 50 minutes every night and then say, here, Brent, have a good time. Here, land, there you go. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do some time up top, tell some jokes, work on this half hour, and then uh, inevitably there will be people who hit me up for spots, people like Zane Sharif, uh, people who drop in, hopefully people like Brian King and Crystal Pierce, people who will show up and then I'll put them on the show. I'm just not booking it, so I think... The Limerick mentions are going to be brief, my people in Chicago, other than Old Style is a terrible beer, 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 Old Style is a terrible beer, and we'll just see what happens. We're going to wing it at Limerick for the final four shows. We don't have one on July 4th because that's, July 4th is not for telling jokes, it's for other things. So that's it. Come to Limerick tonight. I'll be there. Lan Layson will be there. Brent Starr will be there. And a series of other people who did not know they were going to perform on the show but happened to walk in and see me. And I said, hey, you want to do a spot? And they said, sure, I'd love to. We'll be on the show also. And my regulars who listen, my regulars, our regulars at Limerick 
and I mean the comedy supporters, of which there are many now. I'm so grateful that you all come back every week or every other week. And you're, you know what you represent? The good limerick. Not those loud drunks that have been drinking before they even got into limerick and are just mouthing up as soon as I start talking. And we have to blowtorch them and have the war of attrition at limerick. That's very rare now. It did happen last week, absolutely. <laughs> and was pretty fun. But we have now a great, supportive, attentive limerick crowd that almost through their professional audience behavior, that is enjoying themselves, having a couple $3 beers, uh, and listening to some comedy and laughing, are almost shaming the ne'er-do-wells of limerick and forcing them out onto the back patio where they can drink more and vape where they can vape and talk about what they would have done. <laughs> I empathize with all of you. Anyway, so that's, that's how Limerick's going to be, my regular listeners, my regular Limerick audience who shows up. It's going to be me, and I think next week, Damian Turner's the only person I booked on it, or not July 4th, but July 11th. Uh, after that, I think there's a show where it's just Greg Barons is the only person on it, and Greg's probably thrilled to know. <laughs> it's just he and I. Just the two of us. So there, Chicago. Done talking about Limerick. It's tonight. Brent Starr is there, and it's always a treat. Last time Brent was there, he really cooked with the uh, fantasy football guys. It was a good time. I'm going to miss those fantasy football guys. This, I'm recording this Monday morning, Monday mid-morning. And I will tell you, within being awake... This morning, for well, actually, I shouldn't say within being awake because my daughter came in, but within 20, min 20 minutes of being awake, so this was shortly after 7 a.m., did I find myself in the street in front of my house wearing boxers, a t-shirt, slides, and a toothbrush in my mouth full of toothpaste. Why did you do that? Was someone breaking into your car? No. Oh, God, I don't, I jinxed it the other day. I ha, I mean, I, I feel like I jinxed it because, speaking of breaking into cars, I had a couple, I mentioned I had a couple of pops with an old friend on last, last Thursday, and I said to him, you know, it's crazy. I've lived in Atlanta all these years, and my car hasn't been broken into. I can't believe I said it out loud because I'm just guaranteeing that it's going to happen. But it has not happened, uh, and I have a month. I have a month car breaker intos, car thieves, car jerk-offs who shatter windows to get nothing. We don't, I'm grown, dude. I don't leave anything in my car. Young people leave everything they own in their car. Why? Because of income inequality. That's why they have to. They don't know that you have to find a place anywhere other than your car. And by the way, in Atlanta and many other metropolitan areas of the world, leaving a visible there's nothing in my car is not enough for fucking desperate people who will break your windows and look for like, you know, a box of Altoids, which I have. My car, I've lived in cities most of my, all of my adult life, certainly. Most of my, <laughs> I've lived in adult, I've lived as an adult. I've passed as an adult for many years. I'm a father. But I know what it's like to live in a city. You do not leave shit in your car, ever. And 
you try to signal that as vividly as you can to the immediate surroundings. I did this so much when I lived in the San Diego neighborhood of Hillcrest. I used to park my car on the street and leave the windows rolled down. And I had the club. <laughs> my friends gave me shit about the club. Do you remember the club for your steering, steering, steering wheel? Stealing wheel? As that's, a, that's an appropriate uh, slip here. My stealing wheel. I put the club on my car and I would leave the windows open. Just, and, and I would tell people, tell, tell my friends, take anything you want, just don't take the whole thing. There's nothing in there at all, okay? Nothing. Maybe a few John, Col John Coltrane and Giant Steps cassette tapes. There's nothing Ray Bryant with stick with it. Nothing in there to take. And fortunately, no one ever took my car. There was an occasion, maybe I mentioned it here, where I came downstairs out of my apartment and there was a gentleman sleeping in the back of my car. <laughs> and I nudged him with my foot and slammed, not slammed the door, closed the door so he could hear it and said, sir, I'm sorry, this is your stop. I have to go to work. But I know not to leave anything in my car, ever. Young people, don't anything. And don't tint your windows because that's just going to intrigue people. I, anyway, I was, my car has not been broken into yet. 17 years in Atlanta, something like that. How it's going to happen, I understand. There's something else that has not happened to me in all the years that I've lived in Atlanta, and, and I don't want to say it out loud. So I'm, I'm going to save it, hopefully, for when I'm driving my dogs across country. And I'll record a podcast in the car for you. Maybe I'll record podcasts every single damn day. That's how bored I'll be. But I will say that out loud from the road, from when I've actually left Atlanta. I'm standing in front of my house this morning in my boxers and my T-shirt and my slides with a toothbrush in my mouth because I walked by the front window while I was brushing my teeth. I'm opening the blinds. I'm on my way to make my wife, as I said, every morning, May I, would you like a coffee? And she says, yes, that sounds great. And I go to the coffee maker, and I'm not prioritizing her over my daughter, but, you know, paying respect to my queen, I start the espresso machine for her and fill up a nice cup of coffee for her. And then she can get on with her day. But on my way to doing that with a toothbrush in my mouth, opening blinds, letting the sunlight in, it's Monday, Monday. Gotta get back to it on Monday. I look out and there is a man bent over in front of my house like, uh, I, but I don't see a dog. And you know, I'm very sensitive to uh, people shitting, pe people's pets, that is. I Hopefully it's not people shitting in my front yard. Well, he's not doing this, but he's in at the fringe of my front yard. So I open the door. I'm like, hey, man, you, you need some help? Or, or hey, man, because I didn't see a dog. I'm like, hey, man, everything okay? That's what I think I probably said that. Hey, man, everything okay? And he goes, yeah, I lost my wedding ring. He said, I was running, and I, he was, he was, and then I realized he's sweating. He's wearing workout clothes at 720. What a soldier this man is. You know what he's trying to do? 
He's trying to live his best life. He's working on his health, fitness. He wants to stick around for a few more semesters. He said, I, I had my hands up above my head. I was kind of like, I don't know what I was doing, adjusting my headphones, and I threw them down, and the ring went bing, 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 and bounced off. I was like, oh, man, bummer. And it happened, you know, 10 feet to one side of my house, almost in front of my neighbors. And I'm like, okay, cool, dude, let me, let me, let's see, what did it look like? It's gold, and, and of course, I'm like, dude, you should listen to my podcast and listen to all the saga of me losing my fucking wedding ring. Anyway, we're looking around another jogger, another type A dude, just like fucking killing the game, running, sprinting, sweating, exerting, growing, preserving, maintaining, thriving at 7.20 in the morning, stops and immediately starts looking with us. We're looking in the bushes, you know, the not the bushes, the fringe grass by the edge of my property. We're looking my property, my house. We're looking in the street. We're looking up the street, down the street, the three of us. And I actually did that like camping one where I'm like, I have to spit out this, I think Crest, it's Crest toothpaste. I don't know. I'm not responsible for stocking the toothpaste. I spit it out into the bushes so I don't throw up and can focus a little bit here. I'm looking for the ring. And Within a matter of three minutes of that happening, all of a sudden there is a four-foot person, really like almost four feet, standing in the open front door wearing her pajamas saying, Dada, 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 not urgently. She's saying Dada something, but I couldn't hear what she's saying. She said Dada, and to see a four-year-old who's less than four feet tall standing in the front door of a front doorway is a really interesting scaling thing for the eye as it were she just looks like a tiny little person <laughs> there's a big door above her and she says dada and she's dada blah 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 and I can't hear her because I'm you know out in the street but because she is so accustomed to adults particularly adult one and adult two attending to her every need wish and want she just presumes she can speak in a normal voice in the middle of a hurricane, and we're going to hear her. You know what that means? She knows we have her. That's pretty cool, actually, now that I think about it. She knows that we are attending and supportive, and just like Clarence in 8 Mile, her parents have a real good marriage. But while she's saying this, while I'm out there with a the toothbrush in my hand, my daughter, not great at letting at keeping the dogs from booking out, so Boom, one dog comes racing out. Clark is the first dog. He is the one who gets lost in the middle of the night sometimes. He's also a box of goddamn rocks. He, there is, if his brain, if his actual brain is bigger than, if it's bigger than a blueberry, I would be surprised. He's sweet as can be and is very handsome. So he's kind of just like a big, dumb, good-looking Marvel superhero. Those guys aren't smart, are they? And then the other dog, the smart dog, George Banks, the dog, comes booking out behind him. And he's the dog where I can say, George, come back in. Clark just, you know, has gone into another zip code. I kind of corral them back in while the guys are still looking. So now I'm at two dogs, one toothbrush, one pair of boxers. And in the, in the street now, I get the dogs back in, corral them into the house, 
pushed them in. And you know what I did? What I thought was being here, I'm like, girl, come back in just real quickly. I appreciate what you were trying to say. And she was, what she was trying to say is, Dada, I'm not going to battle today. <laughs> I told you, some morning she gets up and she wants to try to assert that she's in charge. And I have to tell her, like, dude, it's a good thing you're not because there's a lot of shit you can't do. How are you going to buy a plane ticket, you know? How are you going to get to school? You can't drive, dude. It's a good thing we're in charge. But she said, Dada, I'm not going to battle. <laughs> and I said, oh, great. Me neither. Let's get these dogs in. And then when I get the dogs in, I put the toothbrush down. And then I actually go and get the espresso thing loaded up, press the button, drip the coffee for my wife, press it a few more times, get a nice brew going for her. What she does is she'll take, like, the espresso. I forgot the name of it. What do you call it? The actual thing that you put the espresso in and you turn the handle sideways. She'll let water run through that, like, three or four times to fill up a somewhat diluted cup of coffee because she doesn't like it as strong as I do. So I go back in, start that process. So I'm in, I start that process for her and then get it nice and moving along. And then I go back outside to finish the task. And we're just all type A because all we want to do, we want to help this guy, but we're achievement oriented people. What we want to do is be the fucking person who finds the ring. Like you guys didn't do this. I did. (laughs) Except I looked out And I open the front door and they're gone, the two guys. And I walked out and I see the guy whose ring it was way down the street. And I yelled, I'm like, dude, what happened? He's like, we found it, we got it, thanks. I'm like, all right, we have a win. And so that's how my morning started today, people in Chicago. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a break because I have to, I didn't realize, I'm not going to take a break. I'm going to go do something else because I didn't realize. I didn't realize the time had crept up on me, etc. But I will be back in just a second. Well, you won't even know, as I always say. Do you ever have frustration arising from someone caring about you too much? (laughs) What I mean by this, do you ever find yourself, do you ever think to yourself, you know what, I'm kind of an asshole because... This person just wants my well-being, and that's frustrating me right now. The reason I bring this up is because yesterday evening, I went to stick my hand in a laundry basket. Not a big plastic laundry basket, but like a... We have a stand of drawers that we put laundry in, right? The top level is for my uh, daughter's stuff. The middle level, which all gets washed in hot. The middle level is for colors. The bottom is for whites, right? Three, three drawers you pull out and you put stuff in. Well, yesterday I was, I think, hurriedly trying to move my hand into the drawer one of the drawers, pull the clothes out, put them into the washing machine. And really, I wasn't thinking about my old friend in San Diego seeing me do the laundry and asking me in his, and I'm doing an accent, only what his voice sounded like. My friend Andy, who was from Mexico, said to me, and English was not his first language, he said, you are a, he asked me a question, you are a gay I was like, dude, because I'm, I like clean clothes, 
you are a gay? <sighs> because he's so macho, he thought, oh, only women should do laundry. I'm quickly sticking my hand. I'm, I'm moving. I'm trying to get things done. I'll quickly stick my hand into the laundry basket to pull the color, clothes, colors from the basket into the washing machine. And on one of my jamming my hands into this drawer, essentially, in this laundry uh, stack, there's three drawers, I jam my hand in there too energetically and instead of getting it all the way under and into the drawer, my thumb gets caught on the top level of it. So on the top of the drawer, I guess is the way to say that, the top of the place where you push the drawer in, I get, you know, it's a rolling cart. And uh, what happens is my hand and my arm keep going, but my thumb sticks and jams and pulls back, and I yelped. <laughs> what? Ah, shah! And I, it was very painful because it felt like uh, spraining it, stretching the ligaments, whatever was in there. And I was like, ah! And I, I, did, I went, That's, did that sound? Ow! I was like that. Ow! <laughs> no, it was like, ah! Like that is when I did it. I went, ah! Shit! And I pounded the washer, not like a, you know, a domestic violence pound, but I gave it a couple of bam, bam, ah! Damn! Like that. And as like one nanosecond into happening, my wife in the other room goes, what happened? And, and for some reason it frustrates me. And that's kind of unreasonable. But I'm like still in the physiological moment of having the injury affect me. And I feel like I have to give a press conference. So I just go, I hurt myself. And she goes, how? Like that quickly. You know what I mean? So in the process of I'm hurting myself, I cannot just experience the pain on my own and let my body come back. And then my daughter is in the background and says, is it bleeding? But it's weird. It's a weird sensation in that I hurt myself immediately and almost as quickly my wife says, because she cares about me, what happened? And I'm like, ah, I hurt myself. And then it goes, how? I'm a, you hit your what? Your thumb? And it's like, my wife doesn't irritate me. You probably get that across these podcasts. But in that moment when I'm in the red zone, like Caesar, you, do, you can't, you cannot, it's no good to take the dog in the red zone. He's not going to, you want to stay in the green zone. I'm in the red zone, and I feel like I have to also have a press conference to talk about my injuries. It's happened every time I hurt myself. Every time I get hurt, I hurt myself, which I do to myself. I'll walk into something. I'll jam my thumb into a laundry drawer and sprain the ligaments. Do I find myself quickly giving up? You know what I should do, asshole? Just solve your problem and say, I'll tell you in a sec. Let's just do that. Ah, what happened? I'll tell you in a sec. Because she knows if I had to go to the hospital, I'd probably tell her that. But then in the moment, because I have diminished capacity, my resources are being drained, I'm not like, thank you so much for asking. What happened was I jammed my thumb into the drawer and my hand kept going. And now in my left hand, my microphone holding hand, primarily, 
hold my the microphone with my right hand. Do I find that uh, I have probably sprained it, or at the very least loosened up some <laughs> desiccated tight ligaments? Happens immediately. What happened? That's all I need to do is I just say, just give me. A, I'll tell you in a sec. That's what I should say. I'll tell you in a sec. Instead, I find myself diminished capacity, also injured, by the way, it hurt, and then getting frustrated additionally because here's one more bee stinging at me, and that's my wife asking me, what happened? How did, how did I do it? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, There will be time for that part of it, but I just need a moment to breathe. I need a moment to get back to equilibrium, and it's something that actually, now that I think about it, crosses my mind, and I've said to friends as we've been in bars looking at football players smash into each other on televisions, and then one of the players ends up flat on his back, and there are 500 people right over him immediately because they care, and also they have liability. They have risk exposure. But they're all hovered over this guy like one millimeter from his fucking helmet. I tell my friends, if that ever happens to me, if you ever see me on the gridiron, <laughs> it just gives me claustrophobia for the guy. You know what I mean? I say to my friends, like, just give me a second, okay? Even if I'm paralyzed, just let me catch my breath. I don't need every person on top of me. What is that about? I just like a little, you know what it's about? It's about not having to depend on anybody else because your parents got divorced and you realized nothing in this world, or sorry, you didn't realize, you erroneously concluded nothing in this world can be trusted. <laughs> you have to take on everything yourself, see yourself through to the good outcomes, that you don't want fucking people helping you. Something, there's some truth in that, I admit, armchair, armchair therapists, you're right, there is some truth in that. But also, I just like, I, I think I know enough that if, if my frustration is being compounded by 900 people kneeling around my helmet or asking me not 65 questions, not a thousand questions, but two questions, can you hear the roar of the leaf blower? Because now I'm doing the Alfresco podcast with the mobile recording studio. It's getting louder and louder. You might not even be able to hear it. How do you appraise it? Do you say, God damn, that is a fucking racket that goes on 24-7? Or do you say, wow, how fortunate I am to live in a neighborhood where people take care of their shit? Or is it somewhere in between all of that? I'm dying to know if you can hear it. Also, if you don't live in Atlanta, you do not, or in Georgia for that matter, you do not understand the industry that leaves are here that's just because it is such a verdant beautiful tree canopied city fly into atlanta sometime and look down how it's just all green all the way around it is breathtaking for its beauty hingham for its beauty cohasset for its pride if it weren't for poor wingham poor hingham if it weren't for the herring poor hingham Hingham for its beauty, Cohasset for its pride. If it weren't for the herring, poor Weymouth would have died. 
There you go, my Bostonites. But the leaf industry is so, so omnipresent here. Like all day long. You probably heard me cry about this. This is what's worse than listening to a leaf blower? Well, not having one near you and listening to some asshole complain about it. All right, so what a big weekend. It was a really big weekend. Were you gripped? Were you enthralled by the events that were taking place in Russia? I was, I have to admit. You know, I, I try to keep my head above the American story only and attend to what's going on in the rest of the world. But holy shit, what a moment we could have had there. The mercenaries turned on the dictator. What a surprise. <laughs> what was more predictable? Well, apparently this guy whose name is Prigozhin, you know who he is. He leads the Wagner Group. Who I'm sure Prigozhin overthrowing Putin was not going to usher in a kinder, gentler Russia where, you know, human rights for gay people are restored or in put in not in not restored what's putting them there in the first place established i guess i don't think it was going to be like a kinder gentler russia but it was really interesting all right i know that this is in the background so i'm gonna have to change locations again mr leaf blower okay the point is this they were at putin's neck <laughs> and it was getting hot <clears throat> And old Vlad pieced it from Moscow. Here I say it the right way. Why? I don't know, because I heard somebody once say, it's not Moscow, it's Moscow. Well, Pakistan, Moscow, here we are. They, I, I was so, it was amazing. This guy and these mercenaries were marching on Putin, on Moscow, and... I predicted this, not not this, but <laughs> I was watching late on TV Sunday night on CNN. Some guys say, and there was surprisingly little resistance from the Russian army. Well, of course there wasn't going to be any resistance from the Russian army because the Wagner group is like the all-star team of the Russian army. And even if those guys were not exactly quaking at their, in their boots when the Wagner group is coming through, they probably wanted to make sure that, you know, they would be drafted if the Wagner group was looking. Nobody's going to stand up to the Wagner group in Russia because people are sick of fucking Putin. And again, I don't think this ushers in a, <laughs> a friendlier Russia. Anyway... I don't know what happened over the course of several hours on Saturday. It sounded like they were just a couple hundred miles away, the Wagner Group, from Moscow. Putin had left the building. He left Moscow on a private plane, flexing his, how he's terrified. The Wagner Group, by the way, was described as a group of mercenaries largely recruited from from Russia's prison. So they're all ex-convicts who probably are pretty fucking pissed off at the state. 
The state is led by Vladimir Putin. And they were on his ass, but something happened along the way. And the Wagner Group guy, Prigozhin, is that his name? He said, actually, we're just frustrated. And we weren't really marching on Russia. <laughs> we got, it's incredible. We were just frustrated that we weren't being heard. We didn't want to overthrow Vladimir Putin. So I'm going to tell my guys to stand down. And if you could just be cool with them, I'd appreciate that. Also, I'm going to Belarus, where that guy told me he'd offer me amnesty or exile ship. <laughs> but I also know he's Vladimir's boy, and my days are numbered. Let's be honest. Incredible. It's still an ongoing story. I don't know what's happening now. You know, I'm recording this Monday. Who knows what's really happening over there now, but uh, nobody had heard from this guy, Prigozhin, after he stepped down and said, my bad. And then Vladimir, nobody knows what's happened to him. You probably, by the time you listen to this, will say, oh, all these things have ensued. Well, I don't have that information right now. So I got to tell you, it was quite a contrast between what was happening over there and what was happening Saturday when I was going off the diving board with my daughter at Park Pool. There are so many people in the world having times way more challenging than we are. And when I say we, I mean everyone who listens to this podcast. But I didn't hear anybody at the pool on Saturday talking about I didn't hear anybody when I went to Piedmont Park for my daughter's soccer practice on Saturday morning. I didn't hear anybody talking about as people were exercising in the active oval, having a great time watching their children play soccer. I didn't hear anybody talking about what was happening in Russia, let alone what was happening in the Ukraine. Not the Ukraine, in Ukraine. We went to soccer on Saturday. You know what the biggest problem was? There was a traffic jam getting into the park because there was a, I think, a, five, a 5K walk for uh, HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. And speaking of which, well, anyway, speaking of which, what? Speaking of which, my wife and I were talking to a friend of ours who is black and the notion of uh, African-American and black and the terms and how they're used was in the discussion generally for some reason. I don't know how. I didn't certainly bring it up. And our friend who's black said she prefers black and listed her reasons why. Because she is not African-American and that represents a different culture than hers and X, Y, and Z. And I said, well, I always went... Here was here was my here's how I learned to just say black and I don't say African American but I will refer to anyone of any ethnicity any subgroup you know why because I'm not an asshole like that different type however you want to be called you want to use a bunch of different pronouns I'm good with that I don't give I don't want to say I don't give a shit whatever your people whoever your people are want to be called I can do that. Because it's not a big ask to be respectful of how someone wants to be referred to. Anyway, I told our friend, I said, the, my best guidance, and I 
that I ever got on this matter was from an Ice Cube record that I believe came out in 1993 called The Predator. When Ice Cube, O'Shea Jackson, O'Shea Jackson Jr., O'Shea Jackson, Ice Cube said, calling me an African-American like everything's fair again. Shit, devil, I'm black, blacker than a trillion midnights. And as a young, impressionable man who was listening to Ice Cube, I was like, okay, there's... I wasn't going to, you know, a scholar at an HBCU or Cornell West or someone up on the Ivory Tower. I was like, you know, I was listening to Ice Cube. Ice Cube said what I perceive from that, disingenuous to just, ah, it's African-American, everything's fair again. I'm black. Okay, fair enough, black. It is. Anyway, there was an HBCU walk. That was the biggest problem. The biggest problem. It just made getting into the park a pain in the ass and getting out of it. But it also meant that my daughter, who was wearing an orange soccer jersey, was very popular among the people who are representing Florida A&M University, the Rattlers, because their colors, as you know, are orange and green. Orange and green, purple, just orange and green. Anyway, my daughter had an orange jersey on that uh, caught a lot of respect. So the point is this. There's a lot of good positivity going on in the world. Not just good positivity. Shit happening when on the other side of the globe, Russia was about to have a civil... Was it about to have a civil war? All of a sudden, old Vladimir's hold on things looked a little tenuous... And you know that as soon as a few of those cracks emerge, there are going to be plenty of people in Russia like, yeah, fuck this guy. Also, rest of the world, I don't mean to uh, Monday morning quarterback, but why don't you give him another Olympics or another World Cup, you corrupt motherfuckers? Why don't you give Putin a, when was the World Cup there? 2020? 2018? Something very, very recent. Now we did it in Qatar. (laughs) So I guess that would be 2018. We had the World Cup of soccer in Russia and Qatar back to back. And and, and you're surprised and it's hypocritical that we're going to look for five rich people as opposed to the hundreds of people. Come on. In In a submersible? What are you talking about, dude? Not a whole lot. And part of that is because I've had to make three, not regime changes, but three changes of location as I've recorded today's podcast. The last one, I was put off by the leaf blower. I don't know what caused this guy to set down, set down his arms, but you can't think he's going to last very long. Pri- what did I say his name was? Prigozhin. <laughs> God, it's rough out there. I think that's about all I have for you. And, and again, this is not a top-notch podcast, but you know what? It's probably better than some podcasts. And that's, that's what, you know, maybe that's the new slogan for getting my act together podcast. Better than some podcasts. <laughs> I hope more entertaining, more thought-provoking than some podcasts. Not more interesting, not more humorous or entertaining. 
But I don't know. You can listen to fucking people who are a lot dumber than I am go on for three hours about gibberish. <laughs> oh, I am so self-righteous and important. I hope you're satisfied and tickled too. Chi-Town saved me and anyone else who was a music fan you recall over uh, some podcasts in the last six months. I've talked about the old producer just mixing down, uh, mixing down, right? Not mixing down like mixing the sound, but just turning, mixing the levels. I'm talking about just turning the overall song down when it just fades out. And how some really famous songs do that. Not My Sharona by the Knack, but something like Good Times, Bad Times, like Led Zeppelin. I was at the pool where they only seem to play classic rock, which is not exactly who the stakeholders are of the Atlanta public pool. They play classic rock, and either Saturday or Sunday I was listening to... Uh, Oh, and they were play, they played Jimi Hendrix cover of All Along the Watchtower. They played uh, No, what are they? The Sunshine of Your Love. With you, my love, by Cream. Sunshine. I've been waiting so long. Da, 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 to be where I'm going. Like, it's a fucking dumb song, but it's a famous song. And I told you before, and this maybe is what the podcast will be like when I'm driving across the country in the 130 degree Texas heat with my two dogs in the back seat. How's that going to go? I'm curious. I'm as curious as you are, too. But I'm obsessed with music, and so I was just listening to. Was I parenting? Well, kind of. My wife and daughter in the pool, and I was listening to Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. And guess what? Chi Town saved me. Even that song with the beep, 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 fades out at the end. Which just means they cannot finish the song, finish writing the song. Does modern day hip hop fade out, or do the songs end? I don't know because I don't really listen to it. Uh, in any case, I hope you have a great week. And I hope you come to Limerick tonight to see Brent Starr, Lan Layson, and me. <laughs> and other comics who will be there probably looking for a spot I'll put on. And uh, come to the Laughing Skull Lounge the night after. We're going to have a really fun time. These Atlanta days are numbered, I'm, I'm, at least as an Atlanta resident. And uh, I'm very bittersweet about it, but I'm... I'm, uh, someone asked me, if I mentioned this, someone asked, are you in burning bridge mode? Like you, and I'm not a bridge burner. It's part of being a child of a divorce and, and a career or early career insecurist. I'm not good at ending relationships because I don't want to think they ever end. So I, I'm not burning bridges. Also, that's, that's not just wise to do burning bridges. But what I am is, and what mode I am in is biting my tongue mode. So I'll see some people and I just just want to fucking not bite my tongue anymore, but I don't because I'm an adult. Anyway, I hope to see you this week. I hope you have a great week. And uh, let me know if modern day hip hop just fades away. And I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye.